welcome into the Common Dad Podcast season four, or if you are uh, Spanish listener, anymore. season cuatro. Um, yeah, I think it's season Bilingual. four. I, I could be wrong. Could be right. Um, hey, we're back. I know if you're listening, you're like, you didn't take a break. We took a break. It's okay. We pre-record episodes, but we're back. Um, all right. So let's start off with, I have a pretty, not a pressing question, but for, first of all, how Ooh. are you, sir? How are you? I'm good. I took a little bit of a nap and then a shower after dinner and feeling refreshed. How long can you nap so, before you're just sleeping? Like, when do you have to call it? Uh, if I don't stop it in less than an hour, it's got to be less than an hour long nap. If I don't do that, I'll okay. be up all night. I pretty like I'll uh, sleep until 10 o'clock and then I'll wake up and I'll be like, crap. I don't remember the long nap. If I don't do that, I can nap and then continue the day regularly. I can't. I can't do. It's got to be I less than an th- hour. If you nap Maybe over an I hour, it messes you up. Yeah, then you're just sleeping. Um, all right, so I had a Wendy's Frosty today, which I haven't had in a long time, but it was the Strawberry Frosty, which mm-hmm. apparently is a limited time deal. So I have two questions before we get into a relatively serious podcast. Um, right off the bat, chocolate, vanilla, or if you haven't had the Strawberry Frosty, which which I mean, do it's you chocolate. Prefer? I've never had the strawberry one. I'm oh, I'm particular with the the, the artificial guy. flavors, so it's like I mean I know the chocolate's probably artificially flavored too, but I mean if I've you're never going to cared Wendy's, for any of the artificial flavoring options of anything of any kind, I typically just stick to vanilla or chocolate. But I, I mean for, for frosties, it's chocolate with the French fries. I you got to get it with the French fries too. I got well, yeah, that's incredible. If you if if it's down there in Florida, go get the strawberry frosty. It's phenomenal. For me, it's strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate is a far, far, far third. And that probably goes wow. for most many flavoring always. I'm just not a chocolate guy. Just not a chocolate guy. Um but anyway, it's really that all got about me the Chick-fil-A uh what is it? The um the the cookies one. Milkshake? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream milkshake at Chick fil A. That's strong. That's good. That's that's good. If I'm going out for dessert at a fast food joint, it's it's honestly not a Wendy's Frosty. It's it's probably a Chick-fil-A cookies and cream shake. Now that's a that's a pre-COVID, pretty, yeah. you could modify things and they would work with you, and you could actually add chocolate and make it like a chocolate cookies and cream milkshake. Okay. That was the one. And then as soon as COVID hit, they were like, Oh, you can't modify any items on the we menu. Can't. The, if we, we modify, you'll get COVID. chocolate syrup yeah. to a milkshake can't for you. It. It's too much. Can't get too it's, crazy. You might catch COVID oh, if we add so chocolate. We need to do a before and after COVID episode. I think that could be quite triggering to people and quite enjoyable. <laughs> um, it gets some clicks, that's for sure. So before we get started, I got one more question. Because it was a limited time after, I'm eating this frosty thinking this should be an all the time thing. But what is your favorite like <laughs> limited time menu Ooh. item? So I know I'm kind of I'm throwing this at you. We didn't talk about this pre-show, so like you could go McRib if you're horrible. <clears throat> you could go with like a see. We don't do fast food does that like much though. Saint Patch. I know, I know, but like dig into your past. Like what do you, what do you do? You remember the McRib? Did you ever bite into that meat? Whatever that is. 
No, I never did the McRib much. I, again, we, we don't do thing. fast food much. And, and to that point, I've yeah. never really even done a lot of the holiday special stuff. I keep it pretty simple. Yeah. My coffee is normally just espresso straight. And yeah, when I go to fast food, how joints, do you feel about the, try to just how do you feel basic. about the pumpkin spice? I, I mean, I don't do the, the sweet lattes and all of that. I certainly know yeah. other people do. And, and I was going to go back there when I was younger, the preferred drink was probably the signature hot chocolate at Starbucks. Okay. I've had so that every, before. That's good. every Not a holiday hot chocolate season. They do, they do a nice hot chocolate. I, um, well, the, the signature hot chocolate is different than the hot chocolate. Oh, I don't fancy. know what the difference is. Probably chemicals. $2. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Honestly. the signature hot chocolate was pretty good. So I, I mean, it's gross, but I'll have one every now and then when they come out, when it's McRib season, whenever that is, I'll go <laughs> order two of those puppies and whatever. There's no bones in them. I don't know what's in there. It's not when I'm thinking rib, I think bone, but it's not, but the pickles and the, I oh, did try so, a secret menu oh, item good. the other day. It's not a holiday menu item, but a secret menu item. What is at it? Five guys. Okay. You order the grilled cheese sandwich. I got a, I got a five guy story. Oh, beef too. Goodness, but you go first. But you go first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm passionate. It's super simple. It's it's right, the grilled cheese sandwich, but you add a patty to it. You could actually add two if you want. Ooh. You get way more I'm cheese you get with like it. A little patty. They there. actually they actually flip the bun inside out, and so when they're grilling it, they're grilling like yes. the, the inside of the bun on both sides. And you get yes. a little bit more of a crunchy, smushed, you know, cheese sandwich. But then you add the patty for like a dollar more. And it's mm. basically a cheeseburger. And you can still add the bacon and everything else to it. Whatever you want but to it's, it. But it's, it's, if you haven't That's tried. That's strong. And I think they call it the patty melt. It's not officially okay. on the item, on, on the menu. You just, you order the, 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 uh, the grilled cheese and then you add a patty to it. I added two because okay, so, large. That's good. I'm, I've got. A, I think I've shared this before. If you go to Chipotle, you can order a uh, a burrito, a quesarito. Mm-hmm. It's an off menu item, but it's they lay down one burrito, layer it with cheese, melt it real they quick, charge you a and then they put your that one. Yeah, it's like another, and they glare at like you. They don't like making they, it. It's it takes them a lot no, they don't, longer to they, make but it. But they, they really don't but like they making do it. it. But they do it. Well, but of course, they do it. It makes the burrito stronger too. Anyway, real quick before we get into the actual topic of the day, um, I went to Five Guys recently. Haven't been there in a while, so their prices were a little more than I remember, even though they were already pretty insane strong. It's like twelve dollars <laughs> for a normal size cheeseburger. Um, a bacon cheeseburger was like $12. And of course, as you know, if you want fries, it's extra drink extra. And I was like, whatever. I come here once every five years, bacon, cheeseburger, fries, drink, you know, $79.99. They, they flip the little iPad around. They flip the little iPad around and we've all heard this. It's just going to ask you a few questions. Oh, a few questions. Okay. It's going to ask me one question and you know what it is. They asked me for a tip. If you're charging twelve dollars mm-hmm. for a cheeseburger, you're out of your mind. If you want well, a tip after that, I tip. I was, <clears throat> on occasion, I will. I will tip 
like fast food chain. Like it's not even really fast food chains. I wouldn't call them fast food chains. I call them like more a like takeout service. situation. Where, yeah. Well, counter service style situations where you walk up to a counter, you place your order, they give you your food, and you walk away. It's mm-hmm. a counter service. Um, That's fair. I don't often tip them. I do on very rare occasions. I I tip when you are doing me a service. Yeah. If you're doing your bringing job, bringing me up doesn't count. Like, r- yeah, bringing me up and making the bringing food me up doesn't count. That you're there to make doesn't really count. For a server at a restaurant, you're refilling my drink and you're waiting on the table yeah, and you're, you're bringing working. me extra chips when we run out and you're bringing me the bread and you're checking up yep. on us and you're asking if we need like yep. you're at the table every 10 minutes. Yeah, okay, I'll tip you're for that. Stuff. You're serving yeah. me. Yep. I'm yes. tipping you. I'm not tipping the chef in the back who's made to make the food. So right. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't yeah I couldn't do it. I can the think only of time one I'll... place. There's a there's a, a sub place down here called La Spada's. They make hoagies. Oh yes, um, I am familiar. They throw the it's, meat. Right? It's an experience. They they, throw they the literally meat throw there. the meat. These these yep. These sandwiches are behemoths, and they do yeah. a really good job of it's taking a care of you of when sandwiches. they make the sandwich. It's it's a really well done process. And yeah, I will I will throw them a couple dollars of tip when I finish because yeah, that's worth it. They're giving you they're, a show. They're doing above and beyond making a sandwich. They're yeah. I don't know. Tell tell me in the comments how I'm wrong. Right. Um, okay. Anyway. Anyway. Five guys uh, tr- asking for tips. You're out of your mind. If you want me to tip, go down to a, a sub ten dollar burger price, and then we'll talk about it. Maybe. Um, anyway, today's topic, um, we are talking about parenting fears, um, and not like the, I don't want to say topical, but not the everyday fears of, I think when you're a parent, we're all, maybe these are more worries, but like, we're not going to talk about like, you know, I'm, I'm worried about my kid getting hurt outside, or I'm worried about, you know, those little I'm worried about my kid eating too much or I'm worried about my kid not eating or those little things. That's those are everyday. I would, I would put those under worries. Um, unless of course there's like a serious issue, but fears as in like big picture parenting, life changing, keep you up at night. Holy crap. Am I doing this right type of fears? Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Are you asking me or our audience? Unless there's a, another person yes, on I, the podcast. I, I know you. what you mean. No, your audience. Okay. Um, I know what you mean. Um, I think every parent probably cycles through some type of thought process of, am I making the right choices? Am I doing this the right way? How do I do this? Yeah. Like my kids are misbehaving. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. You know, you have one side of the table that's like, oh, well, beat them senseless. It's like, well, yeah. you know, I don't know that I want to go down that road. And then the other road, it's like, well, right. you see the kids in the aisle kicking and screaming and the parents literally dragging them down the aisle. And it's like, yeah. well, I don't really want to go down that road either. So there's, know if that's the winner either. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, certainly and then there's, there and then are there's the other extreme fears. is where <clears throat> there's the other extreme where your kid's freaking out in public and oh, he's just expressing himself. Oh, OK, good. I'm about to express myself. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's 
there's all of those. And I think it's more than fair to say, because as I was thinking about this, like if you're a parent and you're worried or you have fear, I would say good, right? That's a good thing. Sure. That means you care. I've seen that means you care. Yeah. I've seen parents, not I don't have parents, I've seen them, you know, in public or I've known some that don't really have a lot of fears and don't really have a lot of worries and drop names. That's not great. No, not dropping names. Not dropping names. Um, no, not dropping names. We'll tag them in the comments. But yeah, when this person doesn't have a Facebook, but um, but yeah, I think if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, you're a parent that feels like you're over worried, you're a dad or you're a mom. I don't know. That's over worried or over fearful. I I think that's completely normal, and I. Again, I, I think it's a good thing to a point, you know, you don't want to overdo it. Um, and that could, that's probably a fear in and of itself, right? Am I over worrying? Well, Am I worrying enough? Like parenting is just filled with overthinking, right? Sure. You, I mean, it's, it's certainly a big thing because you are shaping a person's life and who that person is going <laughs> yeah. to be their entire life. Yeah is going to be somewhat contingent on what you do during those right. years forming them. So it's only another human life, right? Having having a respect for the job at hand is certainly a good thing. If you're going into construction, you should wear a hard hat. You should have a respect for what you're doing and wear a hard hat for right. safety gloves, wear the safety glasses. I like that. That's a like good analogy. Yes. You've 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 got to understand the job at hand, and you've got to be prepared to do the job, despite the risks involved. Right. Um, for me, I I don't know. I feel like it's kind of simple, though. Like it, it's something to worry about, but mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where kids are pretty resilient, and I don't think you're really going to mess them up unless you fail to recognize when you're doing wrong. Mm. So you should have a relationship with your children. If you're just ignoring them and then backlashing at them, that's not really a relationship. It's, it's a very one-sided road and you might not be in tune with whether or not you're doing a, a good job at the task at hand. So I I think first you need to have a relationship with your kids and that will help you formulate what the best action is for everything you're approaching, whether it's consequences for actions and teaching them that, you know, you can't always get what you want. And and if you're worried that spanking is going to cause them to come out with aggressive behavior or whatever the the issue is, Mm. Every child is different and every parent parents a different way. And so there is no right or wrong answer to any of it. It's what works for you and the child. And the only way you're going to know that that answer is by having that relationship. You kind of reversed engineered my first fear that I had down here. So my first fear um, was what I put down. Um, Will my like emotional reactions to them scar them is kind of what I was thinking. And I say that, and maybe that's a little dramatic, but you know, it's a fear. Fears are dramatic, right? That's what that's the fear. That's the fear. Right. So in my um 
very, I don't know what the word is. In my particular situation, I've got three boys. Uh, my youngest is not two yet. So still really trying to figure out what his personality is. But my two oldest, my oldest is a pretty sensitive kid. Um, I don't have to scold him a lot to correct whatever he's doing. It doesn't like a raise of my voice and, you know, tails tucked, heads down. What did I do wrong? My second child is the opposite. I could scream at him at the top of my lungs and he will scream back louder. So, so challenge it's like, accepted. Right. Um, and if, and if I, it's kind of like what you said, if I react that way to him, it's not going to bring him down any, it's going to, it's going to raise the emotion up. So what I have trouble doing sometimes I, I'm getting better at it as the, you know, the older I become and the older I am doing parenting more. But sometimes with my oldest son, I will have a over the top reaction or with my youngest son or my middle son, I'll do that. And then with my oldest son, I'll have a similar reaction and I can't like those two. I've got to remember who I'm talking to in the moment. Right. Even if I'm furious, you know, we were, we just moved into a new house and one of them flipped over a TV and shattered it. I, I was just like, oh my gosh! <laughs> like, We've I'm, had a toy lightsaber curious. go into a TV before. It's yeah, it's, you've been it's an emotional so it's reaction. Like, <laughs> it's an emotional reaction. And I'm like, I can't. It's not fair for me to yell at kids ever if it's a genuine mistake. You know, I think that's unless it's something like, hey, don't do that. You're gonna break something. Hey, don't do that. You're gonna break something. But like, you know, the old saying, "Don't cry over spilled milk." If it's a genuine mistake, I generally try to just like hey it's not good that happened let's clean it up let's not do that again but anyway I'll get back to my fear my fear is that the way i react to things won't just be like you said just kind of a one-off like well probably didn't do that one right but i've got a good relationship with my kids i parent them differently consistently correctly so it should be fine and that's what i that's what i feel but whenever well, I so, parent wrong, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, did I just is he going to have to talk about this in therapy in 10 years? Like, well, you know, so it's, so it's a real continuing fear. that, though, continuing that thought. I think it's OK for yeah. parents to express to their children when they are wrong. So sure. The, it's important. The first Very thing you important. said there and the first word that stuck out to me is like when I act re- emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to scar my kids later on? And and that's something that actually my wife and I have picked up on. I don't know. It's probably been in the last like year or two that I we've really started to try to pivot from being in control of ourselves and our own emotions and whatever mm-hmm. the action they have is. It doesn't trigger our emotions. It just triggers the appropriate reaction. So. We have rules in the house. The rules dictate uh, you A, mean B, and appropriate, C. Like consequence, correct? Is that in that okay. example, in in that example, okay. regardless of the situation, it could be a consequence. If you broke sure. rule A, the consequence is B. I don't need to get upset about it. You broke the right. rule. The consequence is B. It is it's what a it simple is. equation. Me, it's it's an equation. You remove the emotion out of it because I think a lot of times when you react emotionally, things tend to get out of hand very quickly. Yes. You're letting your emotions control the situation and you're not letting the rules 
control yeah, the situation. Yeah. I know you and yeah. I have talked in past before about how sometimes, you know, we'll give a consequence and it's kind of like, crap, did I really just do that? And it's like your kids will do something and you're like, all right, you're grounded from the TV for a week. And you're like, crap, that means I can't watch TV for a week. <laughs> <Right. Dang it. laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, that was well, too much. If you yeah. let your emotions control the situation, you're more likely to do exactly that. And then, yeah, it's been two or three days. I'm going to turn the TV on because I really want to watch TV. And yeah, well, it's right. okay if they're watching because I'm watching. They just can't watch yeah. on their own. And it's like you start to bend right. the rules and then the equation starts to get really muddy because mm – -hmm you acted emotionally rather than letting the rules control the situation. And so Sarah and I kind of have a little tag team thing where if one of us is starting to feel that emotional tick where we're starting mm -hmm. to like lose control, yep. we just like look at the other and we're like, Hey, I need you to tag in here. I'm going to go take five Snapping minutes out. and take like, yep. yep. And we, we switch because the last thing that I want is to react emotionally and for that to do something with the kids. That being said, it still happens. I like that. There are times yes. that it still happens. And a lot of times we will walk up to the kids afterwards and say, hey, I'm sorry for the way I mm -hmm. yelled at you. That wasn't right. But here's what you did and what's wrong. And, you know, X, Y, Z, like we can't swing the lightsabers around the TV because you just. We we've had we bought the TV a week ago. It's Shattered. a seventy-five inch four K TV with a two hundred and forty refresh right. rate. It's a fifteen hundred dollar TV. We've had it for a week, and you just broke the entire. Like, here's yeah. why that all happened. It doesn't make what I did right. So I'm sorry right. for how I react. Like, but you could have that that conversation, and ultimately that boils back to having a relationship with them. If they can see that you are working on being like kids kids are smart they know that you don't know how to be a parent either you're figuring this out yourself right, yeah we so it's nobody like, knows what we're doing they don't know how to be a kid i don't know how to be an adult. you just gotta explain that it's, to them and be like yeah. look you know i uh, what i did was wrong i'm mm -hmm. sorry let's hug and but you have that relationship and they see you working on yes. your stuff as well so again having that back and forth in that relationship sure maybe you react emotionally i think and then the next time I you don't and and slowly they see a change in you where you're becoming better and i think that that's ultimately mm -hmm. really good for the parenting relationship for them to see you becoming better as a parent through the process right. as well so i think you said something really important there and I found this out at a young age um, because I had real rage issues, like d like playing basketball and we didn't win. So I'm going to pump the ball into the rafters and scream at everybody in the gym. Right. Like, but I found this out at a young age. If you apologize and you apologize quickly um, and you apologize specifically for mm -hmm. what you did and you, you know, you try to make it right. That actually has a pretty good impact on people. Don't I found say that out. Sorry. In the back. Sorry, gym. I did this. Sorry, I did this. And this is what I'm going to. And uh, I've not started doing that with my kids. I feel like I've done that consistently. But like, you can see it in their eyes. They're like, oh, dad's apologizing to me. Like, normally it's the other way around. Um, and that, that feels like a pretty, cause they, we've talked about it before, but they, they do what we do, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're going to do everything we do, everything we see. So it's like, if, if I'm making it a point to, Hey, I just messed up. I recognize that I'm going to apologize. Like 
I start to see that, you know, uh, make its way back around every now and then, but that's a good, I, that's a really good point there. Um, all right. So my next one, I've got two, do you have an, I've got two more. Um, I don't have a specific example. And these are, okay. So uh, the one I've got, uh, my second one is managing expectations. Um, and this isn't like a, eh, it's a fear. Um, when I say managing expectations, I mean, do, am I putting too much expectations on my sons? Am I not putting enough? What's the right amount? What's the right amount at what age? So my older son, my oldest son, he'll be eight, you know, in like six months. Um, and I'm like, okay, I need to expect a little more out of you responsibility wise. Um, now grades are starting to become a thing. So there's expectations there. Um, we're we're going to start to get into sports really soon. Um, like, you know, actually playing team sports. And of course there's going to be, try not to do expectations there, but you know, you want them to be good and have fun. So it's like, is that too much for an eight year old? Do I need to back that down? And then, and then it changes for every age group. So it's such a moving target and it's always a fear because it feels unsolvable because it is always moving. Do you know what I mean? I know fully what you mean. Uh, so <laughs> going going to what I said earlier, I, you know, as complicated as this entire topic is and as important as this topic is, yeah. I think it's yeah. really simple. I, I really do. Okay. And I think ultimately, if you have that relation, I, your job as a parent is to raise them to ultimately become a, a, a beneficial member of society. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yes, you should challenge your kids. You should never let your kids stay stagnant and not be pushing them to become better than what they are today. They're growing up. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're getting smarter. They are getting faster. They... Uh, any of the above. And so I think if you have that relationship, going back to you having a relationship with your kids, you ha you have an understanding of what their capabilities are, be that, you know, uh, yeah. educationally, science, math, history, whatever, or physically be that in sports. And I think you have a responsibility to challenge them to become better. Push it a little bit, right? You should always be pushing it. Now, I think, again, it's a very flexible situation. Mm -hmm. You should recognize if your expectations are maybe a little too high and they're struggling to reach those expectations, you shift and you pivot. Gotta and bring you, it down. You yep. adjust a little bit. Um, I I don't think you move those, those tiers quickly. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of... You know, I had a, I had a manager um, early on kind of tell me this at one point and he's he like obviously this is I'm an adult I'm in my 20s I'm working for a company and he was like look I have an expectation you're either going to rise to it or you're not and that's going to determine it mm -hmm. and he had his expectation like I it was up to me to either meet that expectation or right. not the bar mm -hmm. didn't move because that was really hard that was the bar now I'm not saying right. that you should go expect your 8 year old to do the long jump, you know, in the Olympics and win, like you have to have realistic expectations, but, and that's where I, I, I don't think you move that bar very quickly. 
I think mm. you really challenge them to rise to that bar and rise to that expectation and you push them to succeed. Right. But certainly there is a point at which you need to recognize if you set it maybe a little bit too high and you need to pivot or adjust. That being said, it doesn't always mean like if, if you're pushing them to play football and you set the bar and they're really just not rising to that level, maybe football's not their thing. It's that's okay. You shouldn't just keep pushing them or lowering the bar in football. Maybe you should try baseball or soccer or lacrosse or rock climbing. There might be something else entirely that you could work on that still challenges them, helps them to grow and to become better and doesn't cause you to necessarily sacrifice the bar all that much because, well, instead of continuing to try to be a quarterback in the NFL, we're going to pivot over here and do something else entirely because clearly you're not cut out for it. So, yes, the pivoting thing is good for sure because they're young and at the end of the day, it's especially at this age, it's like, well, you find out what kids, it's either their thing or not their thing. We've all seen kids play sports and it's like, okay, this kid's not going to be a basketball player. It's just not in the cards. And that's okay. Maybe we picking dandelions try in the outfield sport. of and baseball. It's, there's a difference between giving up and accepting reality, right? There's, there's two different things. Um, but another thing that I have done is we'll set the bar for something and it's really hard to get to and they start to get a little discouraged and it's like, all right, I get it, but we're not going to change the bar, but let's pepper in a couple smaller goals underneath yep. that bar. So you don't feel like you're constantly failing. It's like, all right, well, that's still going to be the ultimate goal, but let's, let's break it down into steps. And then, mm -hmm. and then that seems to work a lot too. Cause at that age, they're just looking for wins. Like they're constantly well, losing at I, something like it's, it I think it's important to reward the wins too. So yeah, if they're struggling to yeah, get to a bar, definitely. certainly adding checkpoints along the way and then rewarding those checkpoints mm -hmm. as they get closer to the bar. Yes. It yes. helps to keep the, the life definitely. there that they want to continue to strive to, to reach that bar. So correct. Definitely yeah. continue yeah. the Those rewards too. There needs to be really big rewards and celebrations so that they realize like, if I rise to the occasion, yeah. that's a good thing. Yes. So I've got one last one. Um, it's a little selfish. It's a little morbid, to be honest. Um, Ooh, but it's something I think about details. from time to time. Um, but I, I look at my dad right now and he's like fully enjoying being a grandpa. Like he's, they went fishing the other day with catfishing and he's still, you know, he's kicking pretty good. He's still in really good health for having three grandkids, three, four grandkids. Um, and I look at that and I'm like, I want to make sure that I've got that. So a fear that comes from that is like, I need to make sure that I keep myself in good enough health to I'm not kicking the bucket when I'm 45 years old, you know, something stupid comes <laughs> up and, you know, so not so I've much a fear of messing your kids up for life, but a fear of right. you want to be there for all not of the moments there. and see all of the different things in their life. As long so as I you said, this one's can. a little selfish. Yes. This one's more about me as a dad selfishly wanting to see 
my kids grow up and do everything that they're going to do. I want to see them have kids. I feel like that's probably the crown jewel for any father is to see their kid be a father. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, but I feel like that's like the, that would be a pretty sweet accomplishment, something to see happen. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do, I worry, I fear and not like I'm, you know, I'm not in horrible shape, but I'm also not in great shape. Fully recognize that as I accidentally shaved my beard the other day because I didn't check the, 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 uh, the setting. Right. And I took a chunk out. So you roll with it and I'm like, Oh, look at those double chins. That's not, that's, that's revealing. Um, a beard truly is a fat person's best friend, by the way. Um, just, I miss it already. So yeah, I don't know. I, I worry and I, I have a fear about that. Um, probably a little too much, but at the same time, I don't think there's I too think much fear in that. That's, I think that's a, dr- I mean, healthy. So honestly, literally healthy to keep I guess that the at question the forefront. Is, is right? If you have that fear, are you doing anything about it actively right now? Yeah. But probably not enough. So then the fear is <laughs> being the fear, completely honest. So then like I would I, say the fear is not strong enough. You said it's too so strong of a fear, but you're also like, not doing anything about it. It's like, well, maybe the fear's not right. strong enough to really light that fire. And you look, yeah. you hear about it all and the this time. Is it's, where it's, it's a good thing to be conscious yeah. of. You hear about it all the time. The the dads that have, you know, a heart attack at the age of, I don't know, I'm making this up, 38, and then all of a sudden they get their sure. crap together and they lose a bunch of weight and they yeah. get healthier and run a marathon. It's it's a wake up moment for them, and that's where it, what really puts the fear in them of like, I'm gonna miss out on my kid's yeah. life because I had a heart yeah. attack at thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying yep. you need to have a heart attack in order to have a healthy fear of your physical fitness, right? but um, certainly if you're not actively pursuing a healthier lifestyle, and I don't think that always means working mm-hmm. out. I don't think that healthy lifestyle no. equals working out. Right. Um, it's good. It's a good thing, but yeah, it's a, it doesn't, it's a if you're not working out, it. you can still be a healthy person. Yeah. It's a part of it. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. think it is the whole equation. Um, but if you're not actively doing that, then yeah, I don't think you have enough fear or respect of how fragile life is. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing because it's like, well, I I look at myself right now and I'm like, I'm 33, like I'm still I don't, you know, I'm not running out playing basketball and stuff anymore. I'm not trying to tear an ACL playing YMCA basketball. Um, but I, you know, I, I do some stuff, you know, went, went out on a walk today, did some jogging and I'm like, I'm in okay shape, not bad shape, but it's like, I probably should be doing more. And I, I really want to make sure I'm around for, for well, all that good stuff. And then I so- look at, I also, from another <clears throat> selfish perspective, I look at, um, myself right now looking up at my dad and I'm like, I know I'm an adult, but like, I still need my dad. Like he still might, when something goes wrong in the house, still I, he's him. still the guy I'm calling. Like I still, so it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a full grown adult, but it's like, I still, my dad and I still need him around. So it's like, I, I want that too. I want to be, you know, when my kid's 30 plus years old, I still want to be, you know, healthy enough and, and mentally healthy enough for where my, my kid will pick up the phone and be like, Hey dad, so-and-so is going on. What the heck do I do here? You know, but 
So to tie this all back to my my original point, keeping this simple, yes. it boils back to that relationship. Mm-hmm. If you have an active relationship yes. with your kids, they're going to go play. Mm-hmm. If you're out playing with them and you're realizing yes. that you can't keep up with your own kids, that might be a kick in the pants to go right. get a that gym membership. A I don't know. But it, it boils back yes. to, it, you know, you mentioned some of the emotional side of like, you want to be there to witness these moments. You want to see them get married. You want to see them have kids. You want to see these different moments. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you yep. want to see those moments? Because you have a relationship with your kids and you care. Like, Correct. if you didn't, if you didn't have a relationship with your kids, you probably wouldn't care to wouldn't see care. them have kids of their right. own or to grow up or like, who really cares? Like, the, like, I don't, that's not my problem. But you have the right. relationship the dad, with your kids, and so you want to be there to see them grow up and become dads yeah. themselves, and therefore you care enough to say, hey, I need to give a crap about myself so right. I can be there. The oh, dad who drinks or eats himself into an early grave isn't worried about the other two fears we talked about tonight. He's worried Fair. about himself and himself only, and it's all it all works in conjunction with itself. Um so yeah, those are those are my big ones that I I worry about. I don't say worry about routinely, but it's they're always at the always at the forefront. And like I said at the beginning of this, if you have fears as a parent, a new parent. By the way, if you're a new parent and you're listening to this, like you're going to be afraid of everything, and you probably should be because it's absolutely terrifying having a newborn because they can't do Their anything at all with. Out you ever yeah um i mean the first i was terrified of holding babies and the first time you guys let me hold your firstborn alex i may or may not have dropped them and fed at the table he's fine he's perfectly okay now but that that fear was um realized and turns out warranted um so be be afraid but be afraid in and in a healthy ish way if that makes any sense at all um but let us know in the comments what other fears you guys have because um it's always it's good it's good to read them it's it's good to know that as a parent as a father you're not alone in all these things because i've seen some fathers feel like their fear you know kind of consumes them and they feel soft for having them or they feel alone in having it it's, yeah, it's, every parent is terrified out of their mind if they give two craps about having a, a good relationship with their kids. So yeah, let us know in the comments what, what you guys have or what, what you do to address some of these things too. Um, that's kind of what we're, what we're shooting for here. All right. Well, boys and girls, this has been another episode of the common dad podcast season three, four, five, or six. I think it's four. Do not forget to go to all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, leave us a like, a follow, a comment, a subscription on YouTube is free. 100% get it now while you can. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time.